Views expressed on this program are those of the sponsors and do not necessarily reflect the views of the station. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research Incorporated, a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment Advisor Representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Indices mentioned are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Asset allocation and diversification strategies cannot assure profit or protect against loss. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Capital Retirement Strategies and Cambridge Investment Research are not affiliated. Welcome to Plan for Life Now, episode number 37. Dave, welcome back. Thanks. It feels like it's been forever since we've done one of these. So much has happened. Uh, you know, I think it technically actually has been forever. It's, it's been, what, almost a month since we did one? Wow. I had a really bad... Well, I went for a test, and they said it was a stomach virus, but it sure seemed like the flu. So I had a real... I haven't been that kind of sick. I was out of commission for about a week in years and years. So I had that. I was right. away helping my daughter with her business in New York City. Well, that, yeah, that was why I said welcome back. Right. It's because of that. I'm just going backwards since our last podcast. Lots right. of stuff has happened. And then what we'll talk about today would be the biggest. Yes, thing. we wanted to tackle the, the market volatility. That's, that's kind of the euphemism everybody uses, right? The volatility out there. Well, nobody cares about volatility when the market's going up. Right. It was real volatile today. It was up 500 points. Right. No, when people say it was real volatile, that means it probably lost something. And, you know, we're sitting here, what day is today? Thursday? Today I'm, is I'm Thursday. I'm getting lost yeah. here. Yeah. Today's Thursday. And it's all started last week, had a little bit of volatility, losses early in the week. And then Friday was down, I think, 600 points. And then Monday was down quite a bit. Um, and in fact, sometime during the day on Monday, I think the Dow was down about 1,500 points. Right. And then it came back. This is, we forgot about volatility. Yes. 2017 <laughs> was so incredibly calm. And that's part of what I wanted to touch on. So let's just finish up with this week here. So then Monday, everything sort of bounced back. By the end of Monday, it was, quote unquote, only down, what, five or 600 points. Right. Then the markets were about to open on Tuesday. And I think this is, uh, I messaged you again, Tuesday morning. And it said, Dow set to open down 1,000 points, right? And I think it actually wound up being up on Tuesday. I mean, it's it's been so crazy. But here we're sitting here Thursday. And what time is it now? It's a little bit before 2 o'clock. And let's check the markets since you probably won't be hearing this for a couple of days. Um, markets down 500 points today. Hmm. So when you're listening to this, you'll probably be chuckling saying, oh, yeah, wait till the rest of the, the day goes by and it'll probably be up. 500 right. points. It's just going all over the place. But there's a couple notes. I was like at lunch before we did this, and I just wanted to see for the year 
starting 2018, where's the S&P? I just say, hey, what is the S&P for the year? And as of a couple minutes ago when I was at lunch, it's probably Mm -hmm. about the same, it was down 1.5%. Not down 9%, not down 15%, down 1.5%, which when you were to look at that, if if we were to be, which we won't be probably, flat the rest of the year, (laughs) or if we were to rickshaw up and down the rest of the year and be where we are today, to look back at it on an annual basis and be down 1.5% for one year, which yeah. people are getting greedy. It's been up seemingly every year since 2008, maybe the exception of 2011. That in and of itself, and even in this incredible volatility, to be down for the year 1.5%, it wow. is no big deal. And that's not even the grand scale. That's like a mini grand scale. Well, and this is why they say that Anyone who takes a look at investing and investment volatility, the longer the time frame you look over, the less volatile the market seems. Meaning if you look at it every single day, you're going to say, oh my gosh, this is incredibly volatile. But if you look at it, like you're saying, if we wound up down 1.5% on the whole year, you'd say, eh, not much of a change, no big deal. But that gets right to the, the first point that I made Hopefully, um, all of you weren't sitting around waiting for us to do this podcast, which is why we sent out an email earlier in the week. Right. We haven't had to send out what we call here in the office, the The, email. The email. (laughs) Or the letter. Well, you know, this wasn't a huge drop. This was pretty normal volatility. But we still felt like, you know, people probably have a few questions, probably wondering. Haven't had anything like it since Brexit. And Brexit was a while ago. Yeah, Brexit was June of 2016. Yeah. So it'd been a little while. So this was the email that, that we wrote Monday afternoon uh, going into Tuesday morning. If we looked at the S&P 500 over the previous 12 months, it was still up 17% year over year. Right, And so that was coming on the heels of two pretty nasty days on the market. I think by the time they ended, it was only down 7% or so. But at one point during the trading day, it was down more than 10%. But when you step back and say, well, wait a second, from the last year, I'm still up 17%? That's pretty good. You know, I think all of us would kill for 17% returns year after year. So that was the first point. Um, The second one that that you mentioned earlier was about how calm 2017 was. This is not normal when it comes to investing in stocks. I mean, normal investing in stocks is ups and downs and a lot of volatility. Even in years, and remember, as you all know, we've been up for the most part every year since 2008. Even in these up years, we've had blips on the screen that seemed... At the moment they were happening, uh, cataclysmic, but turned out to be blips on the screen. Well, yeah. I mean, just to remind you of some of the things that that have pushed the market down since the – have you seen people now using this term GFC? No. I I don't know why. I've just noticed this recently. It's the global financial crisis. Oh, I haven't seen that. A lot of time we call it the Great Recession or just the financial crisis. Now I've seen GFC used a lot. Um, you know, ten years later, they're coming up with a nickname for it. Um, but you know, people think, okay, well, that was the big decline. Well, remember, we had the market decline 
when Standard & Poor's downgraded the U.S. credit rating. That was a big decline. We had fears about going over the debt ceiling limit and the resulting sequestration that went with that. Right. Those were some pretty big declines. You'd mentioned Brexit. That was a pretty short one. Um, even earlier in 2016, we started off the year with the worst January in the history of the stock market. And then 2016 wound up being up, I think, 10 or 11% on the year. So we've had these inner year declines. 2017 was just really unique in that you didn't really have many negative days. In fact, I, I put a link in our email here to uh, an article that I read that summed up all of the daily losses. So you take all the negative days on the market and add them together. Right? So Monday is 1% down, Tuesday is 2%. You, know, you add these up, that's 3% total losses. And it took a look at the total losses, the history of the stock market, going back over 100 years, because we're looking at the Dow, and 2017 was the calmest year in history. Wow. Right? The, the least cumulative negative of any year wow. in the market history. That is extremely interesting. And boy, does that not bode well for this year. And by bode well, I mean, because you got to remember, you and I, I mean, you're listening to this podcast, and you may be, as a maybe you're one, most of the people listening are, are clients. Mm-hmm. Not everybody, but maybe you're like one of the calmest people and you just don't worry about this. And no matter what happens this year, you're just going to be super calm about it and you get the big picture. But even when you get the big picture, to see this volatility, I don't care who you are, it is disturbing yeah. when it goes down. And it is, I find it's going to be magnified, I think, this year from having the calmest year ever. Oh, yeah. That magnifies things. When you're used to yeah. it, at least, you know, when you're used to a couple of events a year, you're okay. You know, I remember when that happened six months ago. Now it's like, I don't even remember when that happened. Right. And emotionally, this is disturbing. No, but, it absolutely lulls people into this false sense of security. And the other thing always is that, you know, as I said, for the year, S&P only down 1.5%. Right. It is normal. We never know what's going to happen in the future, but it would be normal for the actual S&P to be down 10, 11% or more. Sure. For a year. Maybe this is the year, maybe not. But that doesn't really mean anything in the grand scheme of things. It means that, in fact, it only means that this market is not too overheated, really, that it's correcting where it should be. Um, yet that's going to feel pretty, think about emotionally what that's going to feel like if right now we're only down 1.5% for the year. If we were to be down 11% going on this uh, up and down roller coaster right. for a whole year, which is certainly possible. Certainly possible. Um, it's it's at, likely it's What's point. your understanding of your investments, of stocks? You know, And then the other thing I was thinking about, which I want you to touch on, because okay. you could explain it better. Is what this reminds me of? Why it's not shouldn't never be a throwaway, but it's very important to always be rebalancing portfolios, right? And that and and this also reminds you maybe why you have some bonds, even though didn't seem like it was a good idea in twenty seventeen. 
you know, I think most people, you know, the youth will say, well, you should regularly rebalance your portfolio. And they, oh, of course. Right. I know it just that. sounds like it's almost like you're checking the, the air pressure in your car. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. Of course. Um, but a lot of people don't actually do it because what rebalancing your portfolio means is at the end of 2017, you saw your international stocks up probably 25 to 30%, your domestic stocks up 20 to 25%, and your bonds probably up 2 to 3%. What it means to rebalance is selling off some of those winners and buying some of the quote unquote losers, the things that didn't do as well. Right. And to allow or to make it even simplify it more, what it means is selling high and buying low. Exactly. Which is well, last time I checked the stock market 101, it's right. what you're supposed to be doing. Um, and to a lot of people, that's very counterintuitive. Well, why am I selling these winners? These are the good ones. You know, a lot of people will look at a list of investments and they'll see the annual returns next to it. And the common question will be, why don't I put more in this one? And they're always pointing to the one that's been up the most. Nobody ever looks at that and points to the one that's lost money. And say, you know what? I think maybe I should put money in this right. one. But statistically, that's probably going to be the one that is the big winner the next year. The one, you know, talking, assuming we're talking about the same assets, the one that's been down. So rebalancing, it can feel unnatural. But the other big problem is if you're not rebalancing and you're getting closer to retirement and we've had these big stock gains – you're now more and more weighted towards stocks than you really intended to be. You know, maybe you set sure. up your allocation five years ago, and yeah, this makes sense, 60-40, it's reasonable. Now you're five years closer to retirement, and stocks have continued to go up, and now you're nowhere close to 60-40. I mean, at this point, you might be 80-20 the way the market's been going. Um, and I think that's really leads into a, the last point in the email, which is an eye on the long term. And I, I hope that most of our clients get this, but you know, and some of you out there say, "Hey, I don't really look at this right. stuff except when I'm sitting down with you." I think a lot but, of our clients get it if they remember ever talking to us or meeting with us, because we basically hammer it home. If someone were to say. You guys never mentioned this before. <laughs> then I would say you are zoning out. You need more coffee during our meetings. Right. <laughs> Something a little stronger, maybe. Um, yeah, but, but the whole idea of eye on the long term is when we're investing in stocks, this is not money that's designed to be paying the bills later this year, uh, next year, the year after that. This is money that's designed to be paying the bills seven, eight years plus in the future. So we need to have things that are producing income now, things that are safer, more conservative, like bonds and cash and, and other vehicles like that, so that we can ride out the ups and downs in the market. I don't know what's going to happen in the market over a year or two years or even three years, but I feel a lot more confident over the long term that you can say, okay, these trends tend to hold up when you look at long-term perspective. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen in the market when we turn these microphones off. No, I, I should the check way back today's right going. now. Yeah. Maybe all of a sudden, <laughs> since, uh, look at that. 
Oh, wait a minute. I haven't hit refresh. <laughs> so <laughs> look at that. I've actually hit refresh here. And let's see. Since we've been talking, the market was down 500. Now it's down 400. See? This is good. <laughs> our podcasts are moving the needle in a positive way. Yes, I'm sure someone is listening in outside the window here, and that's moving markets. Um, I wanted to touch just, Dave, on one last thing, because you sent me this article earlier today uh, from this analyst, Dick Beauvais. Um, it's on CNBC, and I you know, read his stuff a lot and, and seen him talking. And he's talking about the way that money policy, fiscal policy, and monetary policy has fundamentally changed coming through all this quantitative easing. And his main point is we've been going through a decade of basically free money. You know, Since the global financial crisis, money hasn't cost you anything to borrow it. Right. It's, it's free. You want some money? Here, take it. It doesn't cost you any interest. You know, in, in real dollar terms, sometimes it's actually negative you know, when you factor in inflation. Um, and his point is, is basically that that's changing, that that's not going to stay that way forever. And we're probably on this more normalization right. curve towards you know, where money is not free. And all of this is a good thing. No, of all course, of this means but, we're getting out of, we're literally leaving the financial crisis behind us and getting into a more normal. There's nothing bad about it. Right. It's just we're not, or at least by we, let's say the stock market is not used to it. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, we've all looked at these charts that show the correlation between the quantitative easing that we did here in this country and increases in the market. You know, it's part of part of the design there is you flood the market with money, you're going to increase asset values. Um, one of the, the side points that I wanted to make looking at this is the way that the European central banks are still doing quantitative easing. And why this might favor some international companies over domestic companies in in the years to come, uh, because they are still doing some of that quantitative easing, and they're a, a few years behind the U.S. in terms of recovery from the the financial crisis. Hmm. Okay, so, just thoughts for the future. All right, we will uh, check back in with you guys again soon. Hopefully, by then the markets calm down a little bit, but yeah. I wouldn't count on it. <laughs> 